Nice. Oh, <laughs> I need to fix the alert. What's up, guys? I am James Hake. This is the Hake Report. It is Tuesday. No, not Tuesday. It's Thursday, July 2nd, 2020, day two of White History Month, the third year of White History Month, 2020. Congratulations, everybody. All races, right? White people are good for all races, especially the decent ones, of which there are many, right? Or we need to rebuild that, but... Uh, I will be getting to your calls, 888-775-3773. It's a couple of minutes after 9, and it is, like I said, Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. Men's Forum tonight for men only. Get pumped. That's uh, for Bond. Go to rebuildingtheman.com slash events. And I should be good. I mean, I should be fine with uh, YouTube. Not like yesterday. So let's get on with this show. One, two, three, four. Once again, whites are history, or that's part of that stream. Oh, okay, you hadn't boosted. Okay, that's good to know. Joel's undermining me <laughs> by accident, totally by accident, but we know what went wrong, all right? So don't sweat it, guys. The stream did drop, but the song always gets cut out, <laughs> says Trevor Wesley. <laughs> Thank you to Trevor for the beautiful song. But uh, Joel and the stream don't like it. <laughs> it's the COVID. The COVID doesn't like it. <laughs> they just can't stand great renditions of a great song. So anyways, it is White History Month, and it is Wednesday, no, Thursday. My second day of two hours of Hake. Yes, I am doing two hours. And a lot of you guys dropped off. <laughs> um when we went to break, so we're going to change it up and make it more, um, so that you know for sure that is that we're not ending the stream at the top of the next hour, right? 9 to 11. 9 11. What's up, Tim? Okay, so, before I get to calls, I want to present to you my next White History Month hero. And the first one yesterday was Sheriff Joe Arpaio, a great an excellent American, a living hero. Well, today I want to present to you a um, dead hero. <laughs> General Robert E. Lee is my White History Month hero for today. And I looked him up on Wikipedia, which is always reliable, never biased towards liberalism. Of course, I'm lying. Robert Edward Lee January, born January 19th, 1807. He died after a stroke and some pneumonia and stuff, I think. October 12th, 1870. 63 plus years, right? There's General Lee on Traveler. That's his horse, right? In like 1869 or something like that. When he was, uh, I don't know, what is that? 62, 52? Something like that. Anyways. He was an American Confederate general, best known as a commander of the Confederate States Army during the American Civil War, in which Americans fought Americans. 
Some wanted to secede. Others didn't want that to happen. Some wanted to abolish slavery by force. Others did not want to do it by force. He commanded the Army of Northern Virginia from 1862 until its surrender, 1865, and earned a reputation as a skilled tactician. He had excellent war tactics, or un unpredictable sometimes, right? Kind of like President Trump is, likes to be unpredictable. So he was the son of a Revolutionary War officer. Revolutionary War is a reference to the American Revolution, I believe, right? When America became independent from... There's him with his, one of his white babies. <laughs> I think he's age 43 there or something like that. With one of his sons. There's a picture. Joel's showing you nice pictures of General Robert E. Lee. But he was son of a Revolutionary War officer, Henry Lighthorse Harry Lee III. Robert E. Lee was a top graduate of United States Military Academy and an exceptional officer, according to Wikipedia, and military engineer in the United States Army for 32 years. During his time, he served throughout the United States, distinguishing himself during the Mexican-American War, which was prior to the Civil War. Served as superintendent of the United States Military Academy, too. He was uh, the husband of Mary Anna Cuspis Lee, who was the adoptive great-granddaughter of George Washington, the first president, right? At least that's how we understand George Washington to be. Another great general. There's, there is a painting right here, it looks like, I think, of Robert E. Lee as at age. I think he's my age right there, age 38. Doesn't he look like Nick? <laughs> a little bit. The hair, right? Nice hair. Great hair. <laughs> Best hair in the Confederacy. And in America. I don't know. When Virginia's 1861 Richmond, Virginia declared secession from the Union, wanted to secede from the Union because the, from, because the United States, the federal government, seems like it was oppressing the South. And uh, this was prior to the Emancipation Proclamation, so... It, there was other stuff going on, apparently, right? Some of you guys know that better than me. Lee chose to follow his home state, Virginia. Because back then, you were loyal to your state. Oh, no, thank you. Are you sure? I should be fine. Refresh. I should be fine, though. Somebody's telling me I dropped. But, but it looks like I'm fine, right? Press F if I've dropped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If I've dropped, you wouldn't be able to hear me saying that, right? <laughs> it's funny. Um, when Virginia's 1861 Richmond Convention declared secession from the Union, Lee chose to follow his home state, despite his desire for the country to remain intact as one, right? And an offer, he was offered a senior Union command. He could have been a leader for the Union, but he was loyal to his state of Virginia. And back then, state loyalty was important. They wanted states' rights. That was key. And states don't have rights anymore. The U.S. Supreme Court tries to impose all kinds of phony laws on, the, on, um, on us, which they make up. They're not even supposed to be making up laws. It's beside the point, but, I mean, it's, it's kind of relevant today, too, right? Um, during the first year of the Civil War, General Robert E. Lee served as, well, he was Robert E. Lee. I don't know what he what his title was, he served as senior military advisor to the Confederate President Jefferson Davis. Must have been a great man. At the end of the Civil War, General Lee surrendered 
to Union General Ulysses S. Grant. Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, Appomattox. I used to call it Appomattox. <laughs> but there's some listeners who live in Appomattox, I think is what it's pronounced. And it's not Appomattox. <laughs> you know, when, you're, when you grow up reading a lot and you don't hear the people saying the word, then you don't... I was homeschooled a couple of years. <laughs> so a lot of really smart, knowledgeable people mispronounce words because they read it and they never heard it. <laughs> Anyways, he and Grant had worked together. General Lee and Ulysses S. Grant had worked together in the Mexican-American War, which ended in 1848, prior to this whole Civil War. So they worked together as part of the America, and then they fought against each other. And then they, uh, he surrendered, and they started working, working together again, in a sense, all right? Lee's father, by the way, when he was a young man, actually a kid, General Lee, his father, suffered severe financial reverses from failed investments and was put in debtor's prison for like a year. And the family moved. In 1812, and I told you, this, boy, this man was born 1807. He was a boy at this point. 1812, he would have been like five. Lee's father moved permanently to the West Indies. Dang. Interesting. General Lee got married to that um, step-great-granddaughter, whatever, of George Washington. And he had seven children, seven white babies right on. Very nice. Not too bad. So here's some information. You know, he's reviled today, right? You saw images of the blacks dancing like they should be celebrating that his monument gets taken down, right? Well, here's some information about the slavery, right? In 1857, he would have been around 50, his father-in-law, George Washington Park Custis, died and created a serious crisis when Lee took over the burden of executing this man's will, her, his father-in-law's will, which encompassed vast land holdings and hundreds of slaves balanced against massive debts. He inherited a bunch of debts and required Custis's former slaves to be emancipated by my executors in such manner as to my executors may seem most expedient and proper. And the said emancipation to be accomplished in not exceeding five years from the time of my decease. That is what his father-in-law wanted. His slaves to be freed by the people who um, have to deal with his mess. <laughs> and so, in, freed within five years, not more than five years. So Lee kept them for five years because he needed to fix the debt problem, right? The estate was in disarray, according to Wikipedia. Very reliable source, right? And the plantations had been poorly managed and were losing money. Interesting, huh? You hadn't really, uh, you're not really told that sort of uh, context when it relates to him and the slaves that he worked with or had working for him, whatever you want to call it. Lee tried to hire an overseer to handle the plantation in his absence, writing to his cousin, I wish to get an energetic, honest farmer who, while he would be considerate and kind to the Negroes, will be firm and make them do their duty. Sounds reasonable. Lee failed to find a man for the job and had to take a two-year leave of absence from the army in order to run the plantation himself. And so Wikipedia claims that he was cruel. His cruelty, Lee's cruelty to the Arlington plantation, 
on the Arlington plantation nearly led to a slave revolt, which, since many of the slaves had been given to understand that they would be free as soon as Custis, Custis died, and they protested angrily at the delay. No, five more years. Reminds me of, uh, there was a man in the Bible who worked for his father-in-law for seven years before he could marry his, his favorite girl. And then the father-in-law tricked him and gave him the other girl, and he had to work seven more years to get the girl that he wanted. Rachel and I think it was Jacob, Israel. I think it was Israel himself. I could be wrong. Anyways, they didn't have patience. In eight, May 1858, General Lee wrote to his son Rooney, I have some trouble with some of the people, referring to these slaves, right? Reuben, Parks, and Edward, in the beginning of the previous week, rebelled against my authority, refused to obey my orders, and said that they were as free as I was, etc., 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 etc. I succeeded in capturing them and lodging them in jail. They resisted till overpowered and called on the other people to rescue them. Less than two man months after these slaves were sent to Alexandria jail, Lee decided to remove these men and three female house slaves from Arlington and sent them under lock and key to the slave trader William Overton Winston in Richmond. These seem like reasonable actions, right? Under the circumstances, who was instructed to keep them in jail until they could find good and responsible slaveholders to work them until the end of the five-year period. Right on. Lee ruptured the Washington and Custis tradition of respecting slave families. I've told you guys before that I heard from reliable sources, such as Peter Schiff, who's looked into it, that in general, most slave owners did not separate families, separate the slaves' families, but some did. So Lee did this. He did separate the slave families. And, you know, I don't know what that means. It, were they adults and they were just related in a big extended family? Or were they children from parents and stuff like that? And, you know, there's a whole lot of propaganda about people who separate children from families, right? They do that with Trump, President Trump, when he's dealing with the, the illegal immigration crisis and the fake refugee crisis. Fake refugees in putting a crisis on America. And he s separates the parents, the supposed parents from the supposed children. And in most cases, it's not both parents. So they're already separated families. And so there's a whole lot of propaganda. I, don't, I take this all with a grain of salt when he talks about separating the families. But look at the crisis that he, had to, that he inherited from his father-in-law. Anyways, he ruptured that tradition of his, his in-laws. And he broke up every family but one on the estate, some of whom had been together since the Mount Vernon days, whatever, whatever that is, right? I guess generations. So, I don't know. I don't really, uh, I'm not necessarily moved by that. I don't know what that means. And on top of that, a lot of historians have a bias, a propaganda, a push for, you know, they believe in... Communism. They don't believe in America, most historians today. Lee, here are Lee's views on race and slavery, supposedly, right? Lee said that he had sympathetic feelings towards blacks. And while Lee held slavery to be an evil institution, he also saw some benefit to the blacks who were in slavery. Interesting, huh? He helped assist individual slaves to freedom in Liberia. 
a lot of freed slaves went to back to Africa to this country Liberia how well did that work I don't know within that generation I don't know but today Liberia is a mess I hear um, Lee provided for their emancipation on his own will his slaves he said oh after I die I want my slaves to be freed isn't that nice <laughs> he thought emancipation would sooner come from Christian impulse among slave and slave masters before storms and tempests of fiery controversy reminds me of what's going on right now they're trying to force people to cater to the blacks in the wrong way honestly by force typical liberals right while both Robert and his wife Mary Lee were disgusted with slavery they also defended it against abolitionist demands by force right for immediate emancipation for all enslaved which to me sounds good and reasonable because you have to function if your whole economy is based on that how are you supposed to just up and just let them all go what are you gonna do <laughs> it's crazy so they have to uh, anyways Lee argued that slavery was bad for white people but good for blacks black people which if you think about it it's kind of true claiming that he found slavery bothersome and time-consuming as an everyday institution to run yep definitely was for him in an 1856 letter to his wife he maintained that slavery was a great evil but primarily due to the adverse impact that it had on white people <laughs> here's a quote from in this enlightened age there are few I believe but what will acknowledge that slavery as an institution is a moral and political evil in any country it is useless to expatiate on its disadvantages meaning he's not going to get into it right I think it is a greater evil to the white man than to the black race and while my feelings are strongly enlisted on behalf of the latter on the behalf of the blacks my sympathies are more strong to, for the former the blacks are immeasurably better off here than in Africa he said morally socially and physically that might be true I would say it's true today the painful discipline that they are undergoing is necessary for their instruction as a race and I hope will prepare and lead them to better things interesting statements huh how long their subjugation may be necessary is known and ordered by a wise and merciful providence he's referring to God interesting huh here is other analysis and other controversy this historian female historian Elizabeth Brown Pryor offered an alternative interpretation of Lee's voluntary manumission of slaves of his will in his will to let go of the slaves assisting slaves to freedom in a, a life of freedom in Liberia and seeing Lee as conforming to a primacy of slave law she wrote that Lee's private views on race and slavery which today may seem startling which I mean if you're thinking objectively it's it's not that startling it seems kind of true I don't know we're entirely unremarkable in Lee's world no visionary Lee she she calls him no visionary right Lee nearly always tried to conform to accepted opinions and that's what people do today you'll notice with this homosexuality and stuff and abortion people will accept anything evil and more evil than what he accepted I think his assessment of black they call what she calls black inferiority the, necessi the necessity of racial stratification the primacy of sl slave law 
and even a divine sanction for it all was in keeping with the prevailing views of other moderate slaveholders and many prominent northerners. Some guy Foner writes that he did not stop his soldiers from kidnapping uh, free black farmers and selling them into slavery. Interesting. I think that might have been during the war. I'm not sure. Um, there's a whole lot of sleazy people today, though, who pass judgment on General Lee for, you know, having allowed his, his soldiers to capture people and turn them into slaves. And stuff like that. These people are intellectuals who excuse the evils of today. They, um, such as Barack Obama supporting abortion and infanticide, letting the baby die on the t medical table. And also, like, even black conservatives pretend like Obama, Obamacare was not a bad thing. A socialized medicine that supports homosexuality, transgender madness, all that, all that crazy stuff. The federal government imposing on the states and individuals when it has no, it should have no say. Crazy, huh? So, this is what's meant by different times, right? In different times, you accept different evils. And the, the evil of today, in my, in my opinion, it far trumps the evils of the past. It's way worse. Way worse today than it, it was back then. Here is some of General Lee's legacy. According to the supporters of the Confederacy, Lee came to be even more revered after his surrender than he had during the war when Stonewall Jackson, another great um, Confederate American hero, was a hero during the war. Lee became the bigger guy after. In an address before the Southern Historical Society in Atlanta, Georgia in 1874, I guess four years or three or four years after General Lee died, listen to this statement. I have a picture of this guy. Benjamin Harvey Hill, a Democrat from Georgia. I don't think the Democrats back then were as evil as they are today. This man, Benjamin Harvey Hill, described Lee in this way. He was a foe without hate. A friend without treachery, a soldier without cruelty, a victor without oppression, and a victim without murmuring. He was a public officer without vices, a private citizen without wrong, a neighbor without re reproach, a Christian without hypocrisy, and a man without guile. He was a Caesar without his ambition, Frederick without his tyranny, I don't know who that is, Napoleon without his selfishness, and Washington without his reward. Isn't that a nice thing to say about a man? A foe without hate, a friend without treachery, that is rare. If that's true, that's a nice statement on General Robert E. Lee. Right on to Benjamin Harvey Hill for that statement, if that's true. That's something to aim to be, definitely. You know, a lot of Democrats today, you know, they talk, they have an imitation of morality, so they may say true stuff. I don't know if that was the case with this guy. I think that he probably was much more decent than any of the Democrats alive today. And here's Robert E. Lee. By the end of the 19th century, Lee's popularity had spread to the North. After he died, right? Lee's admirers pointed to his character and deep devotion, devotion to duty and occasional tactical successes in battles against a stronger foe. He beat bigger armies sometimes. They say that he messed up a lot. I don't know. He's been commemorated on U.S. postage stamps. I have some pictures of the stamps, including also a half dollar in coins. 
the birthday of Robert E. Lee is celebrated in several states. In Virginia, Lee Jackson Day. I guess that's Stonewall Jackson, hopefully. Celebrated on the Friday preceding MLK Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is the third Monday in January. That's Virginia. In Texas, he is celebrated as part of Confederate Heroes Day on January 19th, which was Lee's birthday. Beautiful, huh? In Alabama and Mississippi. His birthday is celebrated the same day as MLK Jr.'s Day. While in Georgia, this occurred the day after Thanksgiving before 2016, when the state of Georgia, to its shame, stopped officially recognizing the holiday. Lee opposed, by the way, monuments to the Confederate rebellion on the grounds that it would prevent the healing of wounds inflicted during the war. And that makes him, in my mind, greater and more worthy of having monuments to him because he wanted unity. The Civil War wounds have long healed. So-called, right? And the anger of the people today is pure evil. It's an excuse. They point to their communist twisted version of history as the source of their anger and pain. They're liars. They are lesser men, if they're men at all, who want General Lee's statues taken down than General Robert E. Lee is. Robert E. Lee is a greater man than anyone who's trying to take him down, take it down his statues. In 1900, Lee was one of the, uh, one of the first 29 individuals, you know, this is long after he's dead, selected for the Hall of Fame of Great Americans in 1900. Isn't that nice? I think. People will say, oh, these were white supremacists. They call Trump a white supremacist. You know, they have, this they have this false morality. But listen to this. It was the first Hall of Fame in the United States, designed by Stanford White on the Bronx, New York campus of NYU, New York University, which is a disgraceful university today. But this is, campus was now part of Bronx Community College. However, his bust, you know, this, uh, this uh, carving of him, Sculpture was removed in August of 2017 by the order, remember what I said, lesser men, of New York so-called Governor Andrew Cuomo, Democrat, brother of Chris Cuomo, the silly man in uh, CNN. Like I said, lesser men than Lee trying to take down his legacy. Lee is featured in the 1925 Stone Mountain Memorial half dollar. Right on. So it's a beautiful... A uh, beautiful man, right? In the most manly way that a man can be beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. I think that it's... I, I consider him a hero. And the people trying to take him down are zeros. I just wanted to share that with you. So, let me get to some calls and some super chats. I have another white history hero, President Trump, to talk about. There are crazy attacks on him, ridiculous attacks, bunch of propaganda. But um, let me let me read a few super chats. Mo Betta stand up, gave a diamond and said, "Diamond to ask Joel to teach Hake the new dance move." <laughs> oh man, you're gonna have to give me a diamond to take a dance lesson. <laughs> I'm traumatized by lessons, right? I like to learn stuff on my own. That's why I don't learn. <laughs> Mobetta stand up, gave a diamond to Noah's Ark, Kansas. Oh, the ark going up. 
Jesse Lee Peterson with 94 viewers hosting the Hake Report. Thank you on DLive. DLive.tv slash Jesse Lee Peterson. DLive.tv slash the Hake Report. Asmodor as well. DLive.tv slash Asmodor. A Z Z M A D O R. Uh, Master Daryl Wayne gave a diamond and said, Wait for it. Ghislaine Maxwell didn't kill herself. That's a reference to the um, lady who, ex girlfriend, I guess, of Jeffrey Epstein. A man who allegedly had a, like a prostitution ring with uh, underage, you know, teenage girls, such as uh, Virginia Roberts Jufre, who is uh, accusing a bunch of people of stuff, not taking responsibility for her own part in uh, um, attracting girls or training girls or whatever to be. Well, this is all alleged, right? I don't know if there's even proof, but. Whatever. Interesting. She is now arrested and charged. Finally, a woman who was involved in this. Uh, the accomplice, alleged, right? Ghislaine Maxwell. He <laughs> Let's hope she doesn't quote-unquote commit suicide, too. Jeffrey Epstein reportedly committed suicide in jail. Who knows what the truth is? Honda Bear hosting the show. Thank you. Asmodore gave a diamond. Robert E. Lee was a giant among men. Yeah. Mo Betta Stand Up says Diamond to Asmodore's president presence a Texas hero. Yeah. Um, Brandon M said three fourths died within a few decades of Liberia return. Whoa. Must have been some crazy diseases. You know, six hundred fifty thousand Americans died on both sides, right? In the Civil War, six hundred fifty thousand. I didn't even know there were that many people in America at that point. Dang. Polly J gave a couple of diamonds. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Let me read a few of the, the YouTube super chats. Hydro PX says they got Ghislaine Maxwell today. Trump gonna get the DNC finally. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up, man. Believe it when you see it. But Trump is fighting back, and I love him for fighting back. And not going with the flow in terms of some of this political correct, politically correct mess. Di David from Kentucky says, I love it, James. I have 72 Stone Mountain half dollars myself with the General Robert E. Lee on them. That's nice. Joe says, Hake just give the, gave the best description of CNN's Chris Cuomo ever. A silly man. <laughs> yeah, he really is. He exercises, I respect that, but I think he has too much of an ego, like, he's too old to be acting. Some of the ways that Tucker Carlson has caught him acting on video, I mean, he's put it out there himself. Ridiculous. Hot Computer Smell says, this week is JLP, next week it'll be Hake. What's that in reference to? Oh, JLP-inspired art, I think. Hot Computer Smell, the artist, says JLP drawing this week, Hake drawing next week. Nice, appreciate that. Follow Hot Computer Smell on dlive.tv slash Hot Computer Smell. Anyways, guys, I've held you up too long on your, on your phones. Let me get to you. Eddie, my a first-time caller out of Jackson, Mississippi, I think. Eddie, good to hear from you. What's up? Hey, how you doing today? Doing fine. How are you? I am doing amazing. Um, I had a contribution to Why History Month. If you remember the movie Rosewood, there was a guy in the movie, his name was John Wright. 
he was the one that helped a lot of the women and children get on that train that was able to get them out of that particular city so that they wouldn't get lynched and slaughtered. And what a lot of people don't know is once he helped all those people escape, the people in his community uh, pretty much revolted against his business. He ended up losing his business. His wife at the time died, and he spent the rest of his life uh, living in his house alone. And from what I read, he had a gun in every single room wow. because the people in his community were so mad that he helped, that he helped the black people leave that they told him they were going to kill him. So that story kind of stuck out to me because that's got to be a really lonely and depressing feeling to do the right thing to help other people out, but to live the rest of your life scared and alone because you did the right thing. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty amazing. Repeat his name for me. His name is John Wright. In the movie Rosewood, he was the white guy that owned the shop in the uh, city of Rosewood. And also another fact I don't think a lot of people know, the people of Rosewood got paid reparations. A lot of people don't know that. Um, the people that were directly... And where was Rosewood? Got... Rosewood was in Florida. Okay. Remember the movie with uh, Bing Rains and a couple of other... Yeah, I remember, a, I remember a preview. There was this black guy. I think he... Uh, and then he, he, point, he turns around and points some guns in this pre movie preview. <laughs> so I do remember yeah, that, the, that the, movie the movie title. What's that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, yes, that's the movie. That's the movie. And so, he, same, the, so, uh, the, so he helped so he helped some runaway slaves uh, no, get no, away? No, they weren't slaves. They were all free. Okay. What happened, there was a lady in town that accused a black man of raping her. And so at that point in time, you know, ra raping a white woman, you know, that was like a oh, death sentence. So correct. people from other cities came to that city and started killing all the black people. Whoa. So John Wright, seeing that what was going on wasn't right, he helped the women and children escape so that they wouldn't be slaughtered and because what because of what he did the people the white people in his community revolted against him and they pretty much caused him to lose everything so this man sacrificed his life yeah. just to help black people out and he's one of those people in history where you probably wouldn't even know about and then uh, they also don't talk about how the people from rosewood got paid reparations because their argument was the sheriff at that time did a poor job of looking out for them so the uh, state of Florida actually paid them reparations. I think it was like three point five million, and they divided. Then they also what year uh, was that? Funded. Oh, I do not remember. I was that re pretty recent though? Early. Yeah, I want to say it was like early, early two thousand. But if you look at wow. Rosewood and reparations, it talks about how they got paid reparations for that, and they also paid for those descendants to go to college as well. And what what um, year or what decade or whatever was this incident where there was this race war with the uh, whites feeling def supposedly defending their white woman? Well, it wasn't necessarily a race war. What happened when she accused the black guy of doing it, what, what they thought it was a guy that was a prisoner that escaped off the chain gang. Mm -hmm. So with him escaping off the chain game, they figured that he went into the town, raped that woman, and kept on going when actuality wasn't him. She was cheating on her husband wow. with a white guy, and so she didn't want to uh, get in trouble for that. So she accused a black person of doing it, and she made the whole story up. And I want to say he ended up uh, beating her or something like that. You know, it's crazy. Like, times don't change. Women often will lie, and um, people in general... They identify with their race, and you see that happening today with the blacks 
with uh, they identify with George Floyd such that Jaden McNeil can't make a mm. joke about oh George Floyd congratulations on going a month without you know drug free and it's a joke it's maybe off color about George Floyd but all blacks well a bunch of blacks who identify with their blackness take that personally as though it was an affront to the black all blacks when he was referenced he was making fun of what he considered a drug addict and right. so it's it's interesting how people today even today they form a lynch mob and they are what they accuse the whites of being and Absolutely. the whites back then it sounded like they formed a lynch mob because when there is an attack by another race on theirs they saw it as an attack from those people and you, and they were divided at that point and they wanted and they just as they're even more divided today by the people who are pretending to want to unite us they don't it's that's a very interesting story i hadn't really heard I, it. oh when did that happen though you said you said what happened was, but, I, I the reparations i want to say early 2000 but, they received the reparations as far as the incident i want to say that was uh either late 1800s or wow. like fourth, like in in the middle that is wild. I, in my opinion, I'm not sure that they should have given the reparations because that is, that is too long past, you know? People can make or break a fortune or make and you can, they can win and lose a fortune many times over in a single lifetime, you know what I mean? And giving people... I will say this. The reason that they gave the, the those particular people the reparations, Rosewood was a self-sufficient community considered uh, similar to like a black Wall Street almost. So okay. Rosewood being a self-sufficient community, they had their own banks, churches, they had their own businesses and stuff like that. So when they came in and destroyed that town, the people that owned a lot of those businesses, they lost everything. Right. So that's why they were able to bring their case to the uh, government of Florida and were able to get those reparations because the police at that time, they were responsible for protecting everybody, whether you were black or white. Yeah. So they felt like the police didn't do a, a, a good enough job to protect their assets. So that's why Florida said, you know what, you're right, we should have protected you. But at that time, you know, with stuff being as crazy as it was, they just went off. You know what they what they believe what that lady said because, like I said, they were fueled by hate. It was not, oh my God, they did this. So we're going to do that. Right. I got one more thing to say that I'll let you go because I know you have other other callers. I have it's something I've been thinking about for a while, and it's kind of off the wall. Uh -huh. I have more respect for the KKK than I do for somebody that screams Black Lives Matter. And this is the reason why. When I say Black Lives like a white person that screams Black Lives Matter, and this is why. With the KKK, I know what I'm going to get. I prefer you to tell me you hate me. For whatever reason that is, you can say you hate the way I look, the way I smell, or whatever the case may be. With the KKK, they tell you why they don't like you and the reason they don't like you. You cannot help respect it because they're being honest about their intentions, and they're telling you how they feel about you. So if I know how you feel about me, I know how to deal with you. I know, okay, he don't like me. I might as well not even go in his direction because it's going to be a problem. Yep. Versus somebody that's beside me screaming, Black Lives Matter, right, right now, you're on my side. But what happens if I run into you? In, in a park where you got your dog that's supposed to be on a leash out running <laughs> about and you get mad at me and you call the police. You know, yeah. that's going to be the same person that screams Black Lives Matter. Yeah, in, in actuality, they're not for you. They're not even for black lives. They're, they're taking up for people and kind of covering over 
the fact that these people are often resisting arrest. And when you cover over that fact, you increase the hatred and obstinance and disrespect for police amongst the younger, more out-of-control blacks. And then they, that gets them more killed. And then when you defund the police, that you reduce the police force, more police on the scene makes police more comfortable, and it makes the suspects less likely to get killed, statistically. Absolutely. But they don't, they, they're not clear thinkers. They are enemies of, of everybody, including themselves. But yeah, you're right. It reminds me of a Sunday service recently that we reprised from 2009 with Jesse Lee Peterson. He pointed out that people in the South are more honest than the people in the North. And we need to bring back that honesty and stop punishing people for this, you know, these supposedly racist statements. We need freedom of speech again. Yeah. I appreciate that, Eddie. Nice to hear from you. All right. Thank you, brother. All right. Take care. Yeah, he meant, he mentioned reparations for these messed up businesses. I wonder if all of these businesses that are getting destroyed by the Black Lives Matter and Antifa and other rioters, I wonder if they're going to get reparations. We, it's a, what a mess. It should be suing. It's so it, it's so unjust. The city of Ferguson, Missouri, gave like one point five million dollars. Or maybe more than that, I don't know, to, um, to that guy's supposed family, his relatives, Mike Brown. Mike Brown is responsible for getting himself killed. And the people overreacting to his death and assuming that it was the white man's fault, Darren, former officer Darren Wilson, this is a 2014 incident in which the cop killed the young black man, the gentle giant in self-defense. And they formed a lynch mob, the liberal media, both whites and black, you know, the people on the side of evil. And um, destroyed the businesses. But meanwhile, the criminals family who raised the criminal poorly get the money. What a mess. So unjust. But that's Democrats for you. They are the party of injustice. And that goes with the media and everybody who's on the side of evil. I got to get to some more calls. Richard, out of North Carolina. Richard, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? Hey. What's up, my brother? Happy uh, White uh, History Month. Thank you. Same to you. So I was was thinking, I was seeing that uh, they're trying to make the 4th of July racist now because it was because the founders were white. I'm just going like, you know, when they created this country, you know, yeah, maybe they didn't say one race, but they did mean uh, everybody. This Say that again. For everybody. I said, I said, I, can you hear me okay? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. Acting up I no, you're fine. Your phone is fine. I was just uh, a little distracted. Oh, oh, I was just saying that, you know, the, the, the founders, you know, a, a original intent was for this country to be made for everybody. You, know you think so? Yeah, I think so. I think it was for I, their posterity. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, it did turn into something that was something made for everybody. Why do you think people are, are, are breaking down our borders to try to get in? Yeah. We were such a hateful country and, and full of people who didn't like in each other because of their skin color. Do you think people would be trying to bust down our doors? No, they wouldn't. You're right. It's, it's such a farce. It's because we have this very wealthy country right now and um, have a... Take it down. And we aren't enforcing our laws, so we're just opening ourselves up to be taken advantage of. It's so evil. Yeah, I do hope if when Trump wins again, which I think he will win, 
I think I hope he just marches in the National Guard to everywhere that's having problems and just starts arresting people and bringing them to <laughs> federal jail. You know that. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see what he does. Um, well, I think he, that I'll he will win one, too. I'll tell you one thing. I heard that a lot of prisoners don't like BLM or those Antifa people. They yeah. just, I heard that when they do get thrown in jail, they by the time they leave, they're usually beat up. You know that, or treated like like a piece of garbage, like a, someone's you know little boy. You know if I know what I mean. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> you know they they are they are evil people, and a lot of them are just nasty, angry people. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised that ordinary criminals have a strong distaste like for these for these types of criminals. Well, yeah. they like, and they also don't like pedos either. Pedos usually end up dead and right. not separated. Yeah. Yep. Like them. It's interesting, man. People have like a low standard for um to be honest, I think that it's a sign of a a degradation of society that they'll accept everything evil. Except for the pedophiles, and and now there's a whole bunch of people that are trying to accept that too. <laughs> Nama, crazy. Nama, whatever that is, there's an organization. Right, man, boy, love, for, yeah, Blech. yeah. Have they actually have they actually identified uh, pedophilia as a mental disorder? Haven't they in the DSM? Uh, they might have. I don't know. It's a mental illness. What well, happened? Right, that's what they did with homosexuality it. before they um, accepted it as fine. So I know it's on the way. Yeah. It's crazy. It's evil in the world, anyhow, right? Um, do you think you honestly think? Do you think there's going to be a red wave, or do you think we're actually going to get a red wave in this country? Or I don't know. I can't predict the future. I do know that Trump is generally handling things right. You know, like mm-hmm. in terms of calling Black Lives being Matter not a evil. Politician. Never being a politician, I think he's doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff that you can disagree with for sure, but there's a lot yeah. of. I mean, I don't just, like what he does sometimes, but but in the end of it, I know he he loves this country. Yeah, and he's just paying back for what this country did for him. He's if he's paying us, he's paying it back. I love this country great again. I love the fact that he's standing for our monuments. He's going to do this third mm-hmm. and fourth of July tomorrow and and Saturday, I think, in um at the Mount Rushmore thing, which is under attack by the. The extreme and I know, left, and I know there's there's patriots marching down there in large groups. There's there's YouTube channels of patriots forming up little armies to yeah. protect it. And then there's so, there's these American Indian activists who really have a hatred for their own. They have they embrace oh, yes. false victimhood and communism yes. and just ha- smears yeah. against white people. They call it a symbol of white supremacy. Well then, bow down. Well, <laughs> some, I, I, I'll I don't tell know. you something in, in, in Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, only they can. They only they can uh, can uh, spear hunt. They can have gambling. They can. They can. What do you call that when you flash a light in a deer's eye and you can shoot them? Makes it easier. They can do that too. <laughs> wow. They can bow hunt without restriction. They can deer hunt without restrictions. Interesting. I mean, they're basically given everything. And the only reason, you know, I'll tell you something. The only reason some of them are poor, and 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 downtrodden is because. They've been given so much government assistance. Exactly. The government only hurts them. Yep. And I know that. And they only what they do, they they buy alcohol, and they do have a gene that does make them more susceptible to alcoholism. You Not, know that. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. I don't. I don't know, but I'm. Not surprised if it's true, but you're right. This this stuff. The I don't know what they were getting, but there were people down the street from where I grew up, who were Indians, or at least had Indian blood. The tribe kicked mm-hmm. them out. They were bums at one point, right? They were just kind of bums. They were not horrible people, but they were bums. And 
the tribe kicked them out, they stopped getting that money, they started working, their lives improved dramatically. They became like Ooh. honorable men. It was so great. And you hear story well, after story of people getting kicked I'll off of welfare. You, I'll, tell you, I'll, Same tell you, thing. I'll tell you one thing. I know people that have left the reservation and and joined the joined the you know the, uh, the rest of the country, you know, and, and you know, and, and their lives have dramatically improved. Yep. Yeah. You know, and it's a shame too because the Indian, I mean, the Indian culture is a beautiful culture. You know, in general, Maybe. you know that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. But I mean, you know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's kind of cool when you're growing up as yeah, a kid cool. and you see this these yeah. Indian garb and stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. And the oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, they're, they're, they 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 can't get out of their own prison. Right. The government. Yeah. So. Yep. And they have suicide like rate. They're younger people, at least in the yeah. recent years. They were committing suicide like crazy. The adolescent. Well, I know. Indians. I know the Native Americans I knew in North Carolina, the Cherokees out west. Yeah. Uh, their 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 suicide rate was higher than the whites. And that's wild because the white suicide rate is is way too high already. Yeah. Uh -huh. Man, what a shame. But isn't. Yeah. But thanks for letting me talk to you again. Thank you, I hope, Richard. I hope you're staying safe out there. Oh yeah. You know, in, in L.A. and everything like that, because I know they're they're hunting down white people probably. Yeah. yeah. We'll be careful. Appreciate that, Richard. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Take care. Take care. Bye. Let me quickly get to... Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, Indiana Racer gave a diamond and said, Tear down the pyramids. They were built by slaves. <laughs> Someone get Bill gave a diamond. Appreciate it. Thank you to the T Tony Castle subscribing and gifting subscriptions. Right on. That's cool. Appreciate that, man. Um... Let me get to Scott out of Columbus, Ohio. Scott, it's good to hear from you. What's up? Uh, not much. I just want to talk real quickly about uh, how you guys always talk about generalities, and I do that too. And I've been accused of speaking generally because I'm related to Robert E. Lee, so generally. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I caught it. It's like a, a pun. Do you follow it? <laughs> exactly. He speaks generally. <laughs> it's a white joke. <laughs> so, he caught it after uh, a while. Uh, another point is Robert E. Lee was related to two of the founding fathers of, uh, I think, one of the authors of the Declaration of Independence. Uh, what is it? Richard Henry Lee. Okay. I think was his grandfather. And uh, his father, which he talked about earlier, yep. Light Horse Harry Lee. Yeah. So... And they are closely good friends with George Washington and General uh, Lafayette of France. Wow. And so you're, you share genealogy with Robert E. Lee? Yeah, through my dad's mom, and uh, that, her surname is uh, Lee. So. Wow. That's cool. Your yep, dad wasn't... Was, your your uh, grandpa wasn't tempted to... Take the the name Lee from his wife. No, uh, because because he's a uh, British royalty. Oh but, wow, nice. Yeah, that's um, cool. But uh, another thing, um, I was in Richmond. Uh, I think it was Monday night, and I was seeing if they tore down the the statue of Lee. I've been trying to get a hold of the governor down there, and I, I'm going to do what I whatever I can, you know, lawful means to keep it up. Yeah, but cool. Um, it's 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 a shame what what's going on right now. Don't don't the people see that it's like he didn't want statues to the Confederacy, right? 
and he said it would be right. divisive. But yeah. it's not divisive today. The division is by the lies. It's not by the history. And that makes yeah. him more of an honorable man, not less. It, may, it, may, it means that he does deserve a, uh, a monument to his name. And since we built it, or, you know, some people built it, some people did something, we should keep it. But they are, they really want to destroy all of America. And these symbols are part of that. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that, I appreciate you uh, fighting for what's right there. And whatever happens, keep your head up. I will. And tell Jesse I said hi. I will. Thank you, Scott. It's good Thank to hear you. from you, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Man, it's such hatred, misplaced hatred and scapegoating against the whites right now. There was a guest on the Jesse Lee Peterson show who pointed that out, that they're just scapegoating the way that I heard that the Nazis did that to the Jews. And now the liberals are doing that to the whites and the South, which is a beautiful bunch of people, and the cops. Blaming the cops for the blacks getting themselves killed. Crazy. Uh, Anyways, I'm going to get to some more calls, but quickly, let me just double check over here. Willie Palomino gave a diamond. William Von Ark says, second hour, amazing, proud of you, brother. Happy White History Month. Thank you. Agent Black says, blessings. Thank you, man. Adam Clark says, my White History Month hero is Mr. James Hake of the Hake Report. He is doing a great thing, standing, hold on, up for the rebel flag, explaining the meaning of the flag. Yeehaw, brother. Right on, Adam Clark. And the meaning of the flag is love, honor, respect for your fellow Americans, for the South. I don't care why... A few other people may fly it for other reasons, but in general, the f- people that fly that flag and the people of the South who are reviled by the mainstream are evil people. The people of the South are beautiful. I mean, not that they're not evil. I mean, even if they're evil, they're like, they're pushing for what's right. Because most people are evil, right? Even, the, even most Christians, evil on their way to trying to work out their salvation, right? So, it's a shame. It's really dividing the country. They want, they're the ones pushing for the Civil War, the ones who are trying to take down the South. What a shame. Let me quickly get to Terry before we, before we wrap up this hour, and I will take a quick break at the top of the hour. And then we'll be back for information about Trump and supposed loss of support and supposed mistakes that he's making. Uh... Hurting race relations, allegedly not. But anyways, let me get to Terry, first-time caller out of Texas. Terry, thank you for holding. What's up? Are Hello? you there? Hey. I'm here. Yeah, hey. Hey, um, I just wanted to uh, weigh in on, on what's going on. And, you know, uh, Trump is going to have to, like, pass some kind of executive order because all of these things were allowed to take hold because we allowed... Um, we allow schools to, to to get all the men out. Yeah, and Hollywood, Hollywood for a long time is, has has al- already been leftist and liberal. So something needs to be done because you shouldn't be. People aren't speaking out now, is because and then like people have lost their jobs for just disagreeing. 
with yeah. the homosexual agenda. Right. Trump needs to pass an executive order to outlaw political correctness, censorship, and then with the censorship that's going on. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, and you can't do that. You're getting rid of the truth. Right. They're getting rid of people who believe in the truth, and we've allowed it to happen, and it's been going on for decades. Yeah, that's and true. That's that's why things have gotten so far over the edge. Yeah, we. It's it's going to take more than executive orders, and it's going to take more than what Trump can do. But I think he, I'm hoping that he will take a leading role in this or continue to. He definitely sets a pretty good example in terms of calling out evil for what it is when when he sees it. You know, such as Black right. Lives Matter. I'm going to get into that in the next hour, but I yeah, that's, that's, I believe that's the only reason that the good people, I mean, they've lost for years. Yeah, disagreement, which they have a right to disagree. Right, you have a right to not like somebody, and you even have a right to tell them just as long as you don't get physical with them. Right. Yep. So you can't, but, and that's what, and and that's what all this movement is about. This is just movement based on emotion. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't allow the Muslims to 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 give us an emotional excuse after they they knock down the uh, towers during nine one one. Right. That's what they're doing now. They're letting. They're letting all this damage be done exactly just because of emotion. Yeah, because they're listening to emotion. You can't bring that in. It's totally. You can't fight it. If you, yeah, that's that kiss up culture. That's like what you I said. I think political correctness, and that's outlawing. Been, is, you're right. It's outlawing truth and honesty. And even if you honestly have a hatred for somebody, you should be able right. to say it. We need. You should be able to have. You can't have that opinion now and speak about it because because you lose your job. Right. All, I, all those people, if, if, if um, we're going to start fighting back against this, which Jesse is right to this, if you lose your job. Right. All, I, all those people, if, if, if um, we're going to start fighting back against this, which Jesse is right to this, his, his way is a, another way that we are still going to have to do that, too. We're going to have to fight back by realizing, you know, how, how, how much single-parent households have destroyed these children. Yeah. So That's a good point. we got to do that also. Yeah, we also have to do that, but we have to fight on another front. Also, is we have to get rid of this. We have to give these people back their jobs, their, their businesses, their land, so people can see that 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 the tide is turning, and they'll start speaking up because that's what will stop these kind of riots and stuff from happening. Because when people are afraid to get out in the street and speak up, they're we, afraid of losing their jobs because that's all they've seen in the last four years, thirty, forty years. We need to bring back some courage that people will be willing to sacrifice a job, even unjustly, right? So that they can at least tell the truth. And those people can set an example, and the evil that happens to them will help wake a lot of people up. Oh, don't turn that thing on. I don't want that part, because that feels like that's the cool. end. That's cool. Hey, man, we'll, I'll, I'll call back and we'll talk some more. All right, appreciate it, Terry. Good to hear from you, man. We're just going to cut right. clean. I'll, I'll tell Good, you. Uh, Good luck on your two hours. Man. Thank you, man. Appreciate that, Terry. All right. And thanks for the call. Do call again. Take care. Okay. All right. I'm going to get to Rick and uh, the rest of you callers shortly, but I am going to take a break. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to say I'll be right back, and then we'll play a nice, beautiful song from Bright Lights. John Parfit, J-O-N, new word P-A-R-F-I-T-T, -T, who is... A supporter of Jesse Lee Peterson anyway, and Bond, so that's cool. And you hear his music on The Fallen State as well. So, 
Enjoy this beautiful song, and I'll be back in a few minutes. Hang tight, guys. I will be right back. We are continuing with Hour 2 of The Hake Report. Here we go.
morning, James. Good morning, guys. <laughs> that beautiful song, those two beautiful songs, one was by John Parfit. The song was called Come Out by his, his, his uh, artist's name is Bright Lights. John Parfit. Very nice. And his own video, actually. He made that. Well, I think he uh, found footage on YouTube. Wanted to create the mood of his song come out. Very nice song. Not is in gay. Not like that. <laughs> I don't think. Anyways, and that other song, that other beautiful intro song was by none other than Past, Present, Future. The great Tim from Louisiana. Shout out to Tim from Louisiana. I don't know if he's able to catch the show all the time anymore, but he was a faithful supporter. Appreciate you, Tim. And he sent me he sent me that intro song. Oh, it's the Hake Report. The Hake Report. La la la. Good morning, James. <laughs> you sent that to me by text one morning before my Sunday show, back when I only had a Sunday show. Now I'm daily and two hours. Wow, that's cool. What's up, guys? So before I get to back to the callers. I am, by the way, wearing my Knowledge is Poison t-shirt. Knowledge is Poison. As in, knowledge puffs up, poison puffs up too. Pride, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. It's in the Bible. It's a fact. Um, so, very important. Don't get too into knowledge and intellectualism and... Uh, do you know what I mean by intellectualism? It is people that are leaning on their own understanding. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not under your, on your own understanding. And that is a problem that a lot, a lot of people have. I was going to say whites have it, but uh, mo most people have it, have that problem. Leaning on their own understanding, which is a, honestly a, a, a lack of understanding. That's why I say this knowledge stuff is poison, because, you know, you hear about blacks all the time talking about we need knowledge. We need to know our history. We need to know where we came from, who we are, stuff like that. But that's not real knowledge. It's not who you are. And so that's one reason this knowledge stuff is poison. A lot of people get hooked on their knowledge about um, st bad stuff that Jewish people in power are doing, right? They get a lot of knowledge about that. Or they... Um, get knowledge about the world, the earth, um, different conspiracies that have, that turn out to be real conspiracies, right? In many cases, right? And then they think that that's the key. That's what, that, now they're red-pilled. They have, they see reality. No, that's not, this knowledge is not reality. Um, you gotta live it, Right? I mean, it's what Jesse Lee Peterson pushes for. That's why I like his church, the church with Jesse Lee Peterson. An excellent thing. I'm the producer. So uh, let me read a few super chats real quick. Just showing some love, says Greg P. Thanks for what you do, James. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. So Hake is actually doing two, hour two shirtless alpha, says Mo Better Stand Up. Not true. <laughs> Those people weren't me in that. Uh, John Parfit video, J-O-N, no H. Uh, Simp No Mo says, Hake is based, America first. Yes. I mean, that's kind of you to say, but yes, America first. Bo Mo Better Stand Up says, Bad Hair hates Hake and Nick and Joel too. 
He spells Joel funny. But uh, based AF, based America first, says second hour diamond. Thank you. Appreciate that. So let me tell you guys, before I get back to calls, hang tight, Brandon, Rick, and all of you guys. There's a a lot of hype about supporters that Trump has lost. And you probably know many. Some of you may even be like teetering on, on really disappointed in Trump and stuff like that. But here's some propaganda. The supporters Trump has lost. It's a drudge head. It was a drudge headline, right? And it's a New York Times article shared by DNYUZ, the failing New York Times, I might add. I did hear that Trump has lost some support among whites. His support has remained pretty much unchanged by the coloreds, the POCs, the people of color. They still support him in a minority, as a minority. A minority of them still support him, right? Um, so the New York Times quotes this female who tra- who calls... Oh, I have a picture of this female. No, no, it's not her. Uh, but I do have pictures of some of these people who no longer support Trump, according to New York Times, right? As if they did in the first place, which... I don't know. I don't know how they can verify, oh, yes, you did indeed vote for Trump, because that's supposed to be private information. Excuse me. So... We're just taking their word for it, I guess. This woman is not the woman I'm talking about, but she is a female who claims to have supported Trump. um, That Joelle is showing you on the video screen if you're watching video. But this woman calls Trump an appalling human being. An appalling, appalling human being? Please. Judith Goines, G-O-I-N-E-S, age 53, a finance executive at a home building company in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And uh, she says, I think if he weren't such an appalling human being, he would make a great president. Because I think what the country needs is somebody who isn't a politician. That part is true. But obviously with the coronavirus and the social unrest we're dealing with, that's where you need a politician, she claims. Somebody with a little bit more couth. How is that obvious? That's not obvious to me. She says, I'm ashamed to say that I've voted for him, said Mrs. Goines who described herself as a staunch Republican. This woman is not the same woman, just so you know. But she is probably as evil and as dumb as this woman. (laughs) So, it's fine. (laughs) I took a look at the other fake people, though. Here's another person. Joel is showing a picture of a youngish-looking black man, probably in his 30s or 40s or 50s. Maybe 20s. I don't know. But, um, you know, these guys, they dress young. (laughs) But this guy claims to, to have supported Trump. This man is named Kevin Pitt, Kelvin Pittman, a black guy, the second, outside his home in Jacksonville, Florida. I thought he was supposed to be for the people, he said, of the president. And that's a photograph from Charlotte Kessel for the New York Times, the failing New York Times, that is. Uh, yes, he is for the people. And, you know, you can have your disappointments, I guess, but... This is, these people are phony, in my opinion. Um, and that woman that Joel was showing earlier, Kathleen Graham, near her home outside Grand Rapids, Michigan. I don't think he has empathy toward any race, she said of the president. And that's another one from Elaine Cromie, Cromie? From the New York Times. These people posing like they're, I don't know, it's weird. New York Times and their 
uh, photographs of these people, their portraits, making them lo look all dignified when Trump is the man with dignity. And of empathy is a liberal word, so I don't believe that she voted for Trump. Maybe she did, but I don't know. To, call, to use the word empathy? No. Empathy is a liberal word. Trump has love for all people. And the, her phrase, I don't think Trump has empathy toward any races, indicates that she was asked something about this stupid race thing. You know, like with the uh, controversy with the blacks going out of control right now, pretending like they're such victims of police brutality and racism, which is not true. And... So there's probably somebody asking, oh, do you think Trump has empathy for the blacks or for the uh, Hispanics? So you can always, already tell that the New York Times writers here, or the interviewers, have a bias. They're not for what's right either. And then uh, one of the other guys looks like a white guy, I guess. His name is Robert Kaplan at the home of Racine, Wisconsin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. He said he was going to, quote-unquote, drain the swamp, and all he's done is splashed around and rolled in it, he said of the president, this Robert Kaplan guy, who's sucking in his gut. <laughs> uh, and that's a photograph from Law and Justice for New York Times, right? Uh, meet, and this New York Times article is, Meet the supporters Trump has lost. A significant majority of people who voted for him in 2016 are planning to do so again. What is different about those who've had a change of heart? The, this guy doesn't seem like... I've heard people complain that he's hired the swamp, right? Because he hired John Bolton and he's hired... I don't know, all, a bunch of these people that are like ne what you guys call neocons. But he is... He's also has a revolving door for the swamp, you'll notice. I don't know, he's like a standard thinking boomer man. You gotta cut the man some slack. <laughs> That's funny. Because <laughs> I made a mention of this guy sucking in his gut. <laughs> and Joel said, it's less in, and you can tell that he's like sucking it in. <laughs> his shoulders even look kind of out and up. Like his shoulders seem like they should be more relaxed than that. But uh, Joel says, it's less embarrassing to let it hang, the gut hang out, <laughs> than to tuck it in. It, re it reminds me of when like uh, ladies, some ladies will wear glasses inside. And they'll wear them because they're like sunglasses. Like sunglasses. Yeah. They'll wear because they're like insecure with you know maybe they didn't wear makeup that day or whatever. Yep. But they look they they think that they're hiding by putting the glasses on, but it looks <laughs> crazy that you're wearing glasses inside. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. It's hilarious. Here's some information on the writers of this dumb article. Just, I mean, I didn't really get too much into the mess that they're talking about because it's just standard stuff, bore you to tears, right? Claire Kane Miller writes about gender, families, and the future of work for The Upshot and The Times. And she won a Pulitzer Prize, or is it Pulitzer Prize, in 2018 for public service for reporting on workplace sexual harassment issues. So she's a man-hating person. Gender, families, and the future of work. Uh-uh, but dumb liberal woman. These are the writers of this article, this hit piece on Trump. Kevin Queely is a graphics editor and reporter, makes charts, blah, 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 sports, politics, healthcare, and income inequality. Income inequality. Another liberal term. Commie term, honestly. Nate Cohn 
doesn't sound Christian, is a domestic correspondent. He covers elections, polling, demographics. The New Republic he writes for, right? Or used to, anyway. So I caught a glance at the people writing this dumb article, and some woman writes for gender and so-called families. It's ridiculous. And sexual harassment in the workplace. Anti-male stuff. A whole lot of that stuff going along. You know, speaking of the media, here's some laughable headlines. Before I get back to calls, the Pope says... <laughs> I got this from Drudge and Breitbart. Pope Francis, you know, the socialist Pope, the liberal. The Pope who's ticked. The media should help people distinguish good from evil. Really? <laughs> Maybe they should. No, they shouldn't even do that. They should just report the news. But no, they have, a, they have this mission. Support the people afflicted and afflict the people who uh, are afflicting other people. Yeah, right. They're the ones afflicting people with lies. Such a laugh. Elitist, arrogant. You know how Jesse Lee Peterson warns you not to have leaders? Well, this guy wants, peop wants the media to be leaders for especially the young people. No, young people can think for themselves. Young people, especially kids, automatically know a lot of stuff right from wrong. The emperor has no clothes type stuff that the adults have forgotten because they've been brainwashed and don't allow themselves to think clearly. Um, Jesse Lee Peterson says don't have leaders. Trump says you're the elite, referring to we the people, right? These people, the media, he says are liars and nasty people, and that's true. But Pope Francis once, from Rome, he met with members of the Catholic Press Association, according to Breitbart, on Tuesday, saying the media should build bridges, defend life, help people, especially the young, to distinguish good from evil. In their reporting, journalists should, quote, help people, especially the young, to develop sound judgments based on clear and unbiased presentation of the facts and to understand the importance of working for justice, which is a buzzword that he doesn't actually mean justice, social concord and respect for our common home, the Pope told them. He said the mission of the communications media is for bringing people together, short, shortening distances, providing necessary information, and opening minds and hearts to the truth. <laughs> yeah. The communications media are to inform and unite. He's like acting like the media are our parents or something. And he quotes this e pluribus unum, right? E pluribus unum. I don't know how you pronounce it. I forget. I'm not Latin, but it is an American phrase. E pluribus unum, out of many one. But he says the ideal of unity amid diversity. Wow, what a commie, huh? It's a buzzword against America, right? Against whites. Reflected in the motto of the United States, he said it must also inspire the service that you offer for the common good. It's creepy. The Pope said everyone must work to overcome the diseases, listen to this, of racism. The diseases of racism, injustice, and indifference that disfigure the face of our common family. No, we need more indifference. We need people who are dispassionate, right? Like Jesse Lee Peterson says, are you a compassionate person or a dispassionate person? Or a passionate person or a dispassionate person? These people are too passionate. If you look at the people who are kissing up to Black Lives Matter, if they were dispassionate, then they would plainly see that Black Lives Matter is evil, for example. And that racism is a fake um, vice. 
It's a false vice. It's not a real thing. He believes the fake news. He's a, I think he's a commie or a socialist. He's, or at least just brainwashed in that way. Definitely brainwashed in that way. To bring up racism? Kiss up. That's Pope Francis. Anyways, back to a real leader. President. The president. This is a drudge headline. In a hole digs deeper into racial incitement. Which is such a lie. The racial incitement is by the people kissing up to the phony idea of racism. It's not Trump. I hear stuff like this. I loved, by the way, Trump's handling of Charlottesville back in, what was that, August 2017? When the alt-right rightfully had their protest and, you know, civic nationalists too didn't want the takedown of the Lee, General Robert E. Lee, the great American hero, but he's dead now. They wanted to take down his statue in Charlottesville, Virginia, right, at Lee Park. So they're going to have a protest and be like, unite the right. You know, I don't think that they were, all of them were around what's right, right? But anyways, they had the right to be there. They were there peacefully and nothing, no harm would have happened if the cops had not let Antifa come in and attack. And so they fought, fought with Antifa. And one guy freaked out, whether out of anger or fear, and drove into a crowd and it killed a, a Antifa woman. Well, a Black Lives Matter supporting woman, right? Um, who was in the street, in the middle of the street. Or it looked like an alley, right? Honestly. But I loved Trump's handling of that. He said, what about the alt-left? There was violence and very fine people on many sides. And that was true. Well, violence on many sides. And very fine people on both sides, I guess. Um, I'm not so sure about Antifa and Black Lives Matter. I'm not sure. <laughs> but maybe there are some sincerely, sincerely um, misguided people, right? And I guess you could be misguided into supporting the alt-right if you're into what's white as opposed to what's right. But I loved Trump's handling of the uh, Kaepernick types. I loved Trump's uh, handling of the controversy when he announced his run for presidency in like mid-June 2015. That Mexico is not sending their best. They're bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and some, I assume, are good people. And he stood by that, even despite being defunded by NBC and, right, and a uh, bunch, of, bunch of liberal uh, companies. He stood his ground right on. I loved his fights with the Colin Kaepernick, the guy kneeling, disrespecting the flag and the anthem and the country and the, the uh, soldiers, the military. Hates America, hates the police, hates blacks, honestly. He encourages more black victimhood, more black death. That's Colin Kaepernick, a scum of the earth. Um, and the so-called squad, I love Trump's fights with the squad. Uh, so-called squad, right, of progressive female Democrats. So they, they call that stuff racially divisive. No, he's standing on what's right, dividing good from evil. So Drudge shared this article by Eli Stokels in LA Times, and then I will get to calls. The article opens up, President Trump on Wednesday suggested that painting the words Black Lives Matter on New York City's Fifth Avenue would amount to a symbol of hate, and he's right, complaining that such an action would be expensive and denigrating to this luxury avenue. Yeah, very true. And supposedly that's inciting racial something, racial incitement, please. That came shortly after a threat made by the president to veto the pre Pentagon's budget legislation should it, make, should it include a measure to
to take the name of Confederate generals off of military bases, such as Fort Hood. And uh, there's another, another great and, and famous fort that's named after a, a Confederate general, I think. Uh, Bragg, Fort Bragg. These are great forts. And we've won a lot of things. He likes to win. <laughs> As for America. I guess they're bored with winning. They want to lose, which, uh, by the way, that was a, that was a measure being sponsored by Elizabeth Pocahontas Warren, of all people, <laughs> Trump said. Very good to point that out. That came only hours after Trump's declaration that he may end a federal housing regulation aimed at desegregating neighborhoods, because you don't need regulation to desegregate neighborhoods. The government shouldn't be involved which he claimed has a devastating impact on America's suburbs. I would say that that's probably true. I'm glad he appointed somebody halfway decent to HUD, to the head of HUD, but HUD is probably, HUD is the Housing and Urban Development, which I don't know why the federal government has any say in that issue, but they're full of redistribution of ghetto-type communist people. Obama was redistributing the ghettos, pulling people out of the ghettos and putting them in nicer neighborhoods to commit crimes there, <laughs> bring down those towns. Anyways, um, under the pretense that it was for opportunity, right? Uh, this came a day after he retweeted a video of supporters in an almost entirely white, as in hateful, right? Because white equates with hate, according to these idiots, evil people, right? Um, he retweeted a video of supporters in an almost entirely white Florida retirement community. One of them shouting, white power, from a golf cart. And that's a caricature of what happened, right? That's like purposely not telling the whole truth. Even if he did say white power, like, we, he, we have the right to do that. They sh shout black power. Anyways, um, that guy was responding to being called a Nazi and a racist. So, please... Um, and I have more from this dumb article. I'll put it in my uh, blog post, and I may get back to it, but I want to get to some calls. But they're comparing him to George Wallace, who was, who, I think he said, segregation now, segregation forever. Because the South, they didn't like being imposed upon by the federal government, forcing them to open up their schools to be for both blacks and whites. Don't they have the right to... I mean, the government maybe shouldn't be enforcing it, I guess, but the people have the freedom to uh, come together or not come together. But there's this imposed false version of, you have to love each other, and that's not real. It's so fake. So there's a bunch of dumb historians. They're comparing him to uh, Strom Thurmond of South Carolina. And... Um, I bet you that these men were better men than the people who are smearing them. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I don't know. I haven't really kept up with George Wallace or his Strom Thurmond. But those were um, Democrats who were probably less far gone than the Democrats today. And I don't really hear that point being made by other people. Only 35% of voters said that they have confidence in the president's ability to effectively handle re race relations. Those are the smart remnant people. Um, supposedly 74% of Americans support Black Lives Matter. I heard that by from a caller and that's according to a poll, some dumb poll, right? But 
I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. Let's just say that. Anyways, I gotta get to some more calls, but hold on, let me read a, a couple more Super Chats. Mo Betta Stand Up says, My home girl... I can't say that, that sounds like a STD. <laughs> Insists that the Pope is Antichrist. <laughs> it's spelled C-H-L-A-M-I-D-I-A. But thank you, Mobetta Stand Up. And thank you for changing your first name to something more palatable for the child-friendly, family-friendly stuff. Psylosopher with the faithful support, Diamond. Thank you, man. Um, Jibjab says, Day starting issue fines. They started, Day started issuing fines of $100 if caught without a mask. Not sure if the cops are really enforcing it. I heard that. Over in Miami Beach, they're doing that. Catherine Payne, thank you so much for the continued and generous support. Let me get to some calls, though. Oh, Rick, out of Hampton, Virginia. You've been on hold forever. Rick, thanks for holding. What's up? Man, Brother James, man, love you, man. Keep up the good work. How you feeling, man? I'm doing fine. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Hey, cool. I want to comment on last Friday, he had Geno Jennings on. Was that last Friday? Uh, yeah, I think it was last. It was one a day last week. I played a clip of this pa black pastor, Geno Jennings, who uh, was saying, "Jesus is not white." <laughs> he slapped like he literally backhand slapped a poster picture of a Jesus that looked more fair skinned, and that's encouraging black on white crime. I said, <laughs> "This guy's a you crazy man." I had not heard and of him you know, before. Too, I like Geno Jennings. Uh -huh. On that, um, on that, um, sermon, I, I heard that sermon, and he was saying too. I mean, he he was he was what it was. He was um, he was talking about racism, the Hebrew Israelites, right? And what happened? And you and you know the Hebrew Israelites, they go around saying that Jesus is black, right? So, yeah, I did hear him say that it was, doesn't that yeah. we don't know and we don't care, right? Yeah. And what happened? He was addressing the Hebrew Israelites. And he was saying, hey, look, Jesus Christ ain't, ain't this white guy and black folks, and don't start celebrating. He ain't to do with the Afro and with the real ass with fist in there. That's not him either. How come he didn't, he sl was, how come he didn't slap black Jesus? You know what? I guess he didn't have a picture. <laughs> <laughs> because he went, he went back to slavery, and he said, he said that the slave masters used this white Jesus, and they made the pastor white. Well, the pastor is white, right? So then you're bowing down to the pastor, thinking that you're bowing down to Jesus, and slaves obey your master. And he said that racism is terrorism. So he's not completely right, man. You can like him. I kind of, I mean, he seems like a likable person, a passionate person, but he's not for 100% for what's right. He seems like an angry person who's stuck on knowledge. Knowledge is poison. Yeah, I, and I agree with that. And yeah. I will tell you, too, what else he does. You know how you remarry? In his church, he, 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 he encouraged me to go get a divorce. If you remarry, go get a divorce. Yeah, people that don't want to Oh, divorce, okay, because he doesn't believe... Yeah, he doesn't believe in divorce and remarriage. Well, you know, right. I... I guess if you don't already have kids with that second wife, then you yeah. uh, then just to be for what's right because divorce and remarriage is 
really, I think it's man, really see, adultery. People, they going crazy with that, man. It seemed like, yeah, it seemed like people are just remarrying, just like. Yeah, just not good. The, the average person been married like three or four times, and that's a shame. Yeah, maybe, I mean, he's not wrong about a lot of stuff. It's just that mm-hmm. he is wrong about some stuff, and he is, I think he has that, oh, yeah. I think that he, he has he that like anger. Trump and he, um, he does I, not. And, and, he don't like Trump at all, and uh, he thinks Trump is a racist. But then again, that's a lot, a lot, a lot. You know, a, a lot of black people, um, um, James, they get their information that on CNN news, right? And, and a lot of I don't know, have you ever spent any time or even talked to President Trump? And they, and a lot of people get their news. Even TikTok is getting in on the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, man. I mean, like, it's, but even even if all I read was CNN, I would be able to like see through it you know you can sense the bias within what you're told <laughs> you know what i mean I, like the I, stuff I, I, <laughs> the stuff that they say that trump says like oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's great i love that he said that and they're horrified but i love it and so like they it's not just that they're ha- getting information from liars they also don't have like eyes to see and ears to hear or something like that they don't have man, understanding like, man, the black community, they don't hear from CNN news. <laughs> it ain't news. That's I mean, funny. I, uh, you know, and it's sad to say, man. Yeah. The average black person. That's true. It is they, sad, they too. They don't have their news <laughs> on CNN news, and it's like whatever they say is gospel. Matter of fact, um, Candace Owens so was debating um, Lamont Mark Hill, and this guy said men can have babies. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because he, man. Mark. You remember that one? Mark Lamont Hill is, is he's good friends with uh, Don Lemon. He used to oh, he used to be God. a guy with Huffington Post. He's a professor. Jesse Lee Peterson has debated him many times. He's an intellectual, and he's a blind person. And he yep. be, he believes. I don't think he really believes in this stuff. I think that he's just kissing up to it because he knows that that's the game that he has to play if he wants to be in with them. But yeah, yeah. Tra- transgender <laughs> people. Can have babies, and that's men, but they're really I'm women. Crazy man, I'm I'm like, I don't care whatever you want. You know, man. Birth certificate says. Yeah. You said that they follow CNN, and CNN is so nakedly pro LGBTQIA stuff, pushing transgenderism on children, and promoting oh, the homosexuality man. thing like crazy. And, and a whole bunch of new laws came into effect in Virginia yesterday, too, man. When you get through that, oh, I'll yeah. tell you some of the laws that came to play, man. I heard about one of them that you can't discriminate people against people based on their messy hair, <laughs> their black-style well, hair. Well, you know, you know they decriminalized marijuana. Oh, okay? wow. Okay. So the employer can't even ask him, like, do you do drugs or anything? Ban- you see what I mean? It's crazy. They, uh, the employees should be able to ask that because, man, right. I'm a heat and air conditioner guy by trade there, James. I deal with high voltage, yep. chemicals, and high pressure. I don't want nobody high working next to me and we can potentially get hurt. You know right. what I mean? Of course. You know, and and they can't, they're not, the employers can't even ask them, do they do drugs? And then they ever got convicted of, like, I guess, like a, a marijuana misdemeanor. It won't even show on a criminal record what they were saying, what I thought if I heard it right. They're not for freedom. And abortion. Yeah, and abortion, they got yeah. that. You know how sometimes you get a count, you can counsel, they can show you the ultrasound? Yep. This governor Northam, he got they can just go straight in and just request it. They got it. <laughs> yeah, and you he's know? supposed to be a doctor. 
Doctors are supposed to yeah. do no harm. Disgusting. Right. Yeah, and CNN promotes abortion like crazy. So what is it with the blacks? What's wrong with the blacks? But you know it's what? bad. That's, I was telling, I got into it one of my employees. You know, I didn't get into it, man. He was like a mentor of mine. Okay. So I told him, I can't endorse Black Lives Matter until they start walking in Chicago <laughs> and these inner city streets, and then then we can link here. Well, that, that's different. It's systematic racism. You, you're part of your environment. Yeah. You'd be part of your environment if you choose to be. Right. Because you're in a bad environment. Yes, is it hard to get around? I mean, I mean, get out of there because you grew up. Yeah, it can be difficult, but True. you still can make the decision not to be part of your environment. Yep. You know, when people say they struggle and stuff, man, I say I must be cut from a different cloth, James. I didn't go through the things you guys go through. I wasn't angry as a kid. I had my dad. You know, and um, I didn't have this anger, man. Well, I wish you well, Rick. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, James. I ain't gonna, thanks for taking up your time, man. I ain't want to take up too much of your time, but you guys have a good 4th of July, man. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. We got to keep spreading this truth and get President Trump in office, man. Right on, Rick. Take care. Yeah. All right. So. Oh, let me get to Brandon out of Oakland, California. Brandon, thank you for holding, man. What's up? How's it going, Hey. Hey, it's going well. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I drove down here again. I'm, uh, I'm looking really forward to going to the men's forum tonight. Right on. That's cool. That's right. We do have a yeah, men's yeah. forum, 7 p.m. tonight. So, open for men only. That's. I'm looking forward to me meeting you then, or again. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I came to church. Uh, I remember now. Time, but the time. Yeah. Yeah, the time before. Uh, You're the one who sounds black, but you're white. He white. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, man. And uh, so I just wanted to say um, I just appreciate your guys' organization because, uh, yeah, I'm coming from uh, up north in the uh, Bay Area. And uh, I've been keeping my ears open, but I don't think there's any type of organization even close up there. You um, know, uh, we went, Jesse Lee Peterson spoke to a Republican women thing up in I want to say it was in San Francisco, but you're right. It, it can be tough to find decent people in cities as far gone as that. You you are right about that. Yeah, yeah. So for the time being, uh, I don't mind coming down, man. I'm gonna try to come down about once a month. Okay. Church or uh, that's cool. Forum and and I just want to encourage anybody else. Like if you're close to the the L.A. area, man, it's uh it's ten times better in person. Like this this is all yeah. good. Uh, watching the stuff uh online and stuff but uh it's just uh yeah it's just there's nothing like uh you know real life so i would just encourage i basically just want to give you guys a recommendation like uh i'm just really glad i came down in person and um i, I like your guys' organization so much that like i said i'm gonna try to get down here maybe about at least once a month that's cool man i appreciate that a lot of people come from they drive up from san diego or drive down from Las Vegas, and some people fly in from around the country, Atlanta, different places, and, and even across the world to come to these men's forums and men's conferences. We haven't had a men's, we didn't have a men's conference this year because of COVID, and we were going to have our 30th anniversary and stuff. But church with Jesse Lee Peterson, it's really nice. I appreciate that, and you are right. It is it's good to be there in person and interact with Jesse Lee Peterson and maybe some of the other people. It's cool. That's cool, Brandon. Appreciate that. All right, I'll see you later, hey. All right, 
Have See you later. Day. You as well. Take care. That is cool. Let me quickly get to Alexis out of Houston, Texas. Nice, man. Alexis, good to hear from you again. Hey, good to hear from you. How you doing? Doing fine. Did you hear about Spreadshirt and, um, and Teespring? Kicking off our white, yeah. Our, they canceled our White History Month. We thought that Spreadshirt might be able to work with us, but no, it's against their community guidelines. So we may be in touch or whatever. Too? <laughs> yeah, Spreadshirt oh, as well. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Are you on? Are you yeah. on Bluetooth or speakerphone or something? No, I'm on. I'm on my phone. This okay. Is, does it sound bad? No. Earlier, just a second earlier, it did, but right now you sound fine. So just stay close to it. Okay, well, I called you last year on White History Month as well. Oh, okay, say, cool. Uh, for, for the second time, nice. Happy White History Month. Happy White History Month to you too, man. I appreciate that. Hey, so the uh, person before me uh, was talking about uh, some pastor talking about uh, how he was talking about. Uh, well, apparently there was a miscommunication saying that uh, Jesus wasn't white and whatnot. Right. He was talking about the Hebrew Israelites and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, um, a couple of days ago, you know, Lacrae, the, the black rapper, husband, you know. Yeah. Uh, a topic because he allowed the, the guy from Chick-fil-A to wipe his shoes or whatnot. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Oh, shooting. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's weird, you know, you claim to be a Christian and you're going to allow that to happen. Right, uh, but uh, a, cu- a couple of years ago, uh, I actually started listening to uh, Lacrae's album, uh, well, several albums because I, I really love music. So I, I listen to people to artists' albums and discography. So I listened to Lacrae's album, and I, I am a Christian, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, okay, let me check this Christian rock rock. And uh, I think one of his latest albums. I heard part of his song. Stay close to your phone, Alexis. Stay close to your phone. Okay. So, uh, uh, in his latest album, uh, one of uh, one of his songs, he says, uh, he says in a quote, "I believe in Jesus. I believe. You no, know, I love Jesus. I love Jesus, the one out of Nazareth, not the European Jesus with the thin lips." with the fair skin and the perm, something like that. Uh-huh. So when I heard those lyrics, I said, oh, this guy is crazy. Yeah. Well, if you're a Christian, why would you be worried about uh, the, the appearance of Jesus yep. or what his race is? Like That has nothing to do with Christianity. You know? Right. And so I immediately stopped listening to him. And uh, the youth pastor at my church... Uh, He's a big fan also, you know, and he's a white man. So I did, I was listening to Lacrae and, you know, uh, I, heard, I heard he said this, dude, like, Lacrae hates white people. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, so the, the guy in my church, the youth pastor, he was in complete denial about it. Of course. And whenever, whenever uh, uh, recently, uh this happened where he allowed the other guy to spit shine his shoes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I messaged the, the youth pastor again. I messaged him on Facebook. I was like, hey, man, did you see this happen? I told you, like, I hate <laughs> and, he, and he's like, no, no, I didn't. Wow. Like, 
so he thinks that's totally innocent still. And, what a shame. Uh, and yeah, it, it is a shame, you know, that uh, Christians are acting this way as in, you know, trying to act like all oh, holy or all uh, like everything is fine. Yeah, they're making excuses. They're making excuses exactly. for the insanity of the blacks, including Lecrae. He, he's insane. Somebody should help him rather than supporting him in his, his delusion. That, that, yeah, I'm, not surpri- I'm not surprised about your, that youth pastor, though. They tend to be like liberal and kind of, ah, everything is fine. Let's excuse evil. Let's excuse um, the silliness uh, because that's silly for him to be concerned with that. You're right. Lecrae, he's a black rapper, yeah. supposedly Christian. What a shame. Suppos- supposedly Christian, you know. Yeah. Because if you're if you're concerned uh, about uh, this kind of, you know, the people that are concerned about what Jesus looked like, they're the atheists, you know. Yeah. Because the atheists are the ones concerned about the historical facts of Jesus. Right. They're the ones who are into. Not at all, what what Christianity is about. Exactly. Joel is showing a picture of Lecrae right now. This is this is a black, supposedly Christian rapper, and the white Christians get all excited. Oh, black Christian rapper, <laughs> and they make excuses yeah. for the nutty things that he says and believes in and does. What a shame! Yeah, I've, I've been kind of uh, sad about the, the way my church has gone because I've been in that church for five years. Yeah, and when I started going to that church, we had a, a a pastor, and he died of, uh, um, he had a, what's, what's this, uh, Parkinson's disease? Okay. He died of Parkinson's disease. So then uh, we hired a new pastor, and the new pastor's a lot younger. Yeah. And he just, he seems to me to be a liberal. Right. <laughs> uh, whenever I had a, uh, we had an interview, well, we had a meeting with him, and and my wife and I were part of the uh, committee to choose him. Yeah, and he kind of he sort of bragged that uh, the <laughs> church that he came from had a lesbian couple in it. <laughs> wow! And I was like, oh heck no! Right? <laughs> and he was like, no, that's not okay. Like, right. you think I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in this church? You allowed a, a, a lesbian couple with a child? They had a child together. So this lesbian couple had a child, yeah. and he said, well, how can you say no to this lesbian couple because they have a child? If you say no, they separate. Where does that child go? Like, wherever it goes, right. wherever the child goes, <laughs> it'd be much better. Yeah. <laughs> man, what a mess. With the child. Yeah. These well, people... uh, yeah, that's it, man. Well, I appreciate that. Great White History Month contribution. Whites are history if we keep on putting up with insanity like that. Man, <laughs> what a sobering hopefully, hopefully. story. Yeah, so uh, uh, I, I, we, we see where things are going in my church, you know. Hopefully uh, I can make a difference, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but I'm not, I'm not going to leave the church just because of my pastor, you know. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of other people at my church that I love and I believe they're righteous people, you know. Maybe you should have them break away into like a smaller church that's about what's real. That way, you're, you know, that way you're not. That way, the donations for the church don't go to support somebody who's evil like that. 
that, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. This is a, like this is a really old church, you know. Uh, most of the people are really old white people. Like this church has been yeah. around probably since the twenties, and most of the church members are old white people. And you know, every month, like a member of the church dies. Wow. Know, like <laughs> it, it, it's it's got it's kind of interesting, but uh, I, you know that's not uncommon. There's not a lot of young people at the church, uh, and, and people love my wife and I because you know we're we're like the young couple, and, and we're involved in the church and whatnot. Yeah. So we feel very very comfortable, very loved. But uh, we'll see how this new pastor goes. But like I said, the youth pastor, mm, no total <laughs> beta, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate I, I, the I, stories, Alexis. Good good luck. What were you about right. to say at the end? Yeah, that, that's it. I want, I want to leave you to your show, man. God All right. bless you. And Same to you. History to everybody. And Bye. I wish you well in handling this mess. Make sure that you... St well, I mean, it sounds like you're wanting to be a leader in that situation. So, yeah, don't put up with mess, though. Because um, Christians should I be won't. held... Christians should be held to a higher standard. If they're If it were just a group of people and they weren't pretending to be Christians, then okay. But these people are calling themselves Christians, and we can't stand for these fake people uh, calling themselves Christians. Anyways, man. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, anyways, well, thank you so much for taking my call. God yeah. bless everybody. All right. Take care, Alexis. Right. Man, it's so common now. Like, the church, a bunch of, a bunch of, even like the old white Christians are turning like liberals. It's such a shame. It shows you the weakness. So that's why we need White History Month and a, a new look at people, great heroes like General Robert E. Lee. There's this pretense, oh, slavery, it's such a horrible thing. Don't get all dramatic about it. You can point out the different things that took place that were wrong, I guess, if you really feel the need to, but it's long, it's ancient history, honestly. Look at the things today that are evil. There's way too much today to deal with than to worry about yesterday, right? Like Jesus in the Bible said, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday. Jeez, taking down the statues and all that mess. And excusing the black insanity as as if they're as if they're like an alien race and they have their own mo unique way that their mind works that no one can understand it but they're what they think is real and we need to listen and care and learn sit at their feet no if anything they need to shut up because they have their, these big mouths and they don't listen they don't listen to the people that are telling the truth. They can't stand to hear the people that tell the truth. Most people are like that, it seems like. Wow. So I hope that uh, some churches can uh, snap out of it, because that is what is needed. <sighs> the, supposedly, the, according to Drudge, the, camp, the Trump campaign, speaking of madness, is still contending with fallout from the Tulsa rally. I'm like, this sounds like fake news to me, because how so? I happened to watch the Tulsa rally and listen to it. I mostly listened, but it's partly watched. And it was a great 
speech by Trump and great interaction with the crowd. And yeah, it was lower turnout because of COVID and riots. Duh. Um, but they're acting like, by the way, get, get pumped because Trump is supposed to have virtual rallies. July 3rd and 4th. DonaldJTrump.com slash events, I think. On uh, President Trump's remarks from Mount Rushmore, Friday, July 3rd, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, 6 Central, uh, no, no, 7 Central, 6 Mountain. So, uh, and then he has his Salute to America remarks Saturday, July 4th, 4th of July, 8, 8 Eastern. Isn't that nice? I'm opening the treasure chest. Thank you, Joel, for remembering. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let's hope he gets tough. I heard that he, you know, that Politico is hard to believe because it's a far-left outlet. There's this outlet called Politico. But they came out with this article saying that Trump is kind of regretting having listened to Jared Kushner too much. <laughs> and he's caught a lot of criticism from Tucker Carlson and, and many of you guys for listening to this liberal son-in-law, Jared Kushner. He's not even a Christian. I mean, you got to cut him some slack. He was raised Jewish. He stayed Jewish. But his daughter, Trump's daughter, became Jewish to marry uh, Kushner. And there are a couple of liberals, feminists, and uh, kissing up to false black victimhood and things like that. And let's hope he goes with his instincts, which are much better than uh, any of his advisors, I think. <laughs> so, what a mess. So I loved the Tulsa rally. I, don't, I find it hard to believe that Trump is disappointed in the low turnout or anything. I don't think he's that full of himself. Um... Supposedly, there are allies pushing Trump to be less polarizing, but he needs to be polarizing. That's how he won, because he's polarizing the truth versus the lies. And he did that very well in his campaign four, five years, four years ago, really. Five years ago, too. Um, I love that he doesn't listen to his advisors too much, or sometimes he does, maybe, but he listens, but doesn't, and he listens intently to people. But he doesn't necessarily heed their bad advice. He's, if anything, if anybody in the government is his own man, Trump is his own man. Drudge shares this article by Steve Holland in the far-left anti-Trump outlet Reuters, saying, speaking on condition of anonymity, right? Anonymous sources. Allies said Trump was often his own worst enemy. Nope, not true. Only when he listens to sleazy people like them. They... And heeds their advice, right? He can listen to them, but not heed their advice. They pointed to him retweeting a video on Sunday that included a supporter shouting white power, a slogan among white supremacists, and then deleting it. Maybe he shouldn't have deleted it. That's the only thing he shouldn't have done in, with regards to that. Because the man was obviously a decent man. Trump-supporting man. And he just chuckled and said, oh yeah, white power, white power. And then this dumb liberal is like, oh, he said white power, see? As if white automatically means hate. And as if he really meant the, you know, the white supremacist thing. So ridiculous. Such a boogeyman, this world uh, fear mongers about. About white people. So ridiculous.
Um, you know, and I love that Trump has also called out Fox News for hiring that black liberal woman, Donna Brazil, who was the head of the DNC, Democrat National Committee, when she leaked, like, some question or questions, debate questions to the Hillary campaign back when it was Hillary versus, I think, um, in the primaries versus Bernie Sanders back four or five years ago. And, um... Donna Brazil, they're quoting Donna Brazil in these in this supposed, you know, Trump digging deeper into racial uh, incitement. Donna Brazil, of all people, so dig up a picture of Donna Brazil real quick. She says, uh, <laughs> "Oh, I'm going to get to his BLM thing." She says that Black Lives Matter, which 74 percent of Americans supposedly support, doubt it. Um, has become not just an urban but a suburban rallying point. It's being led by young people who are asking their, their parents, how can you support this man in the White House? And she's the disgraced former DNC chair who's, who cheated on behalf of Hillary and yet was hired by Fox News. Oh, problem? No. Okay. So Trump tweeted that police would remember the horrible BLM chant, Black Lives Matter, and this who, Black Lives Matter, whom this woman is kissing up to, which hates white people, hates cops, falsely smears white people as not caring about blacks, falsely smears police as murdering blacks, which is not true. And Trump reminds us of the horrible BLM chant, which took place in New York City by a big crowd, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. Or that might have taken place in Minneapolis or Minnesota somewhere. Maybe our great police, who would have been neutralized and scorned by a mayor who hates and disrespects them, won't let this symbol of hate be affixed to New York's greatest street. Yes, Black Lives Matter is a hate group. Hateful. Hate-filled. Don't fall for anything else. It's a false smear. It's a pretense that, oh, the whites are the ones who need to be told that Black Lives Matter. No, the blacks need to be told that. Anyways... I mean, they support abortion, LGBT madness, socialism, they hate Christians, they hate whites, they hate men, they want to destroy patriarchy, which is what the blacks need, is fathers. Duh. Anyways, let me just double check the last bit of Super Chats. We have technology to grow a baby in a turned-off microwave. It does not make the microwave a woman, says Mo Betta Stand-Up. Psylosopher and Mo Betta Stand-Up. And Polly J, thank you for the diamonds. Um, let me just double check the uh, last bit. Ah, right on. I think I'm all caught up. Thank you guys for this continued support. This has been day two of two hours of the Hake Report. Nice. Thehakereport.com. What's up, the Credit Solutionist? Very nice. I'll see you guys later. Thehakereport.com. Make sure you, you check out the Sunday service from last night. It premiered on Bond Rebuilding the Man YouTube channel. Rebuildingtheman.com slash church. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow, Friday. Cool.